and welcome to Trek Companion. This is episode 244. I am your host, Brian Williams. I am Adam Caesar. I'm Stephen Embry. And today we're going to be discussing Voyager's seventh season episodes, The Void and Workforce, parts one and two. Workforce we will discuss uh, as one. Here we go. The Void, Season 7, Episode 15, Production Code 261, Original Air Date February 14th, 2001, Directed by Mike Beeger, Story by Raph Green and Kenneth Biller, Teleplay by Raph Green and James Kahn, Music Composed by Jay Chataway. Guest cast include Robin Sachs as Balin, Paul Wilson as LaCroix, Scott Lawrence as Garen, Jonathan Del Arco as Fantome, and Michael Seamus Wiles as Boscal. <laughs> While on course for the Alpha Quadrant, Voyager is suddenly pulled into an area of space absent of matter, and in which a number of other starships have been trapped. In the chaos of their arrival in the area, Voyager is attacked by another ship that disables its shields and transports away its dilithium stock and other supplies before moving away. Captain Janeway orders a counterattack, but the ship has moved off to work. We've rerouted all available power to the thrusters, but we can't break free. Try reversing the shield polarity. No effect. The Void. Adam, why don't you kick us off on The Void? The Void. The Void's a solid episode, but it's not remarkable. It's paced well. I mean, you know, it gets started off. It's a mystery. They're sucked into this void, and they're initially attacked by another ship, and things are stolen. So, you know, it kind of kicks off with some action, you know, and, and mystery. You know, then they get, and they're contacted by another ship who's kind of a shady guy and then you know we kind of get into the meat of the episode where you know Janeway is trying to kind of recreate a a mini you know um co-op cooperation ships working together kind of like a mini federation where they're you know their their common goal is to work together to you know protect each other keep themselves from starving and you know get out of this void um like I said it's a solid episode it moves along pretty well it's um you know it's fairly interesting but in the end, it's kind of predictable. There's no real surprises in it. It's not like you no, know, they're going to get trapped here forever. And kind of you know, sounds like, kind of sounds like you're saying you feel that the void is missing something. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, I mean, it has all the key element plot points. I think it's trying to say something, but I mean, it's it's kind of generic. I mean, like I said, it's it's not it's not a remarkable episode. It, it, when I say it's solid, it's solid in its pacing and it's you know what it's trying to say and those things, the technical things, but I mean, it doesn't, um, it doesn't go above and beyond. It's not, it's not something you, you're going to remember down the road. Um, but it's, it's a decent hour of entertainment. Um, like I said, you know, that, the you know, it's the co-op, you know, they're a little mini federation. And then, you know, like I said, it's kind of predictable, you know, with who the bad guys are, you know, they're going to fail the first time trying to get out of there and, you know, they're eventually going to get out of there. So, there's not a lot to think about in this episode. Let me put it that way. I'd like to apologize to our listeners. Uh, I didn't get enough sleep last night, so I will be laughing at my own jokes. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I agree that maybe the void is missing something. I I liked that 
you know, you talk about, well, they, they, they tried to get out, they failed. And they, of course, you know, by the end, they're going to get out. I like that they tried to get out immediately. The first failure was right at the beginning. I thought that was kind of interesting. That felt a little different than usual. Uh, it gave us kind of a target for the rest of the episode. Uh, Steve, what are your first thoughts on the void? Yeah, I agree. It's not like it's, um, it's bad or anything, you know I mean? You know, it's, it's, it's fine. There's some interesting elements there. You kind of know where it's going to go. It kind of has that formulaic feel, you know, and also, um, it also feels like there's just a whole lot of little things that just kind of randomly pop up and then they try to bring them together. You know, earlier on, I was thinking, oh yeah, this is the one where Jonathan Del Arco's in it and uh, this character and oh yeah, they do the music language thing and then they try to kind of have a payoff for it later, you know, but it's almost like this idea would work better if it was like a, like in current days, television would be like a whole season, you know, like, okay, they're in this void the whole time and then they, drop these little things and we meet all these different, uh, you know, communities throughout that. And there's this drama and how they interact and all that stuff too. But when this episode, it feels like, okay, we're, 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 you know, the idea is interesting. We have this zone that's different than everywhere else. And the notion is to get out, but they have to stuff a whole lot of, a whole lot of narrative in this time. And then you have the, um, the little gremlins or whatever, and, uh, you know, their musical language, let's do that. And it just seems so packed with stuff you know it's just not enough time to really digest anything and uh and i don't think there's anything really monumental here in terms of the message either so i mean it's it's fine i mean it's 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 got some entertainment value but i didn't think it was particularly compelling it does seem like kind of a stretch the idea of this i don't know this big empty space where there's i mean i don't even entirely understand it there's got to be something there for Voyager to fly around. I mean, there's got to be some sort of, but there's no, is it just the light can't get in? And I mean, I don't understand matter and energy can't penetrate the outside of the, the void. I just, I don't. Yeah. I didn't get the creatures. I'm like, why would they want to stay there? So they have to hide on these ships alone. And why would they want to stay in that environment? And how would there ever be native creatures? If the only things there are the ships that get sucked in. I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't really pass the refrigerator logic. Like Hitchcock used to say, I mean, it doesn't, when you start thinking about it, I'm like, well, that doesn't really jive, you know? Well, the first void they went through several seasons back was more entertaining and made more sense that long void where they took like they were supposed to take years for them to get through where they couldn't see the stars it was like some nebula they were going through was that the one where who was it seven could stay awake and everybody else had to go to sleep that's where the threat you know where the polluters they were polluting in there mm. ah, yeah, yeah. and Janeway wouldn't come out of her quarters that's right yes that wasn't long ago uh this episode had a montage which is fun and when i say fun i don't mean enjoyable um or fun uh but it was funny that's what i meant i meant it was funny to see a montage i think it would have been better as they're like you know fixing up the the ship and the i don't know whatever the the modulator and then you got shots of janeway and the other uh the rest of the alliance like coming up with their tactical plan with the screen showing voyager fighting the other ships and stuff and instead of Dennis McCarthy's score, if we'd had some Rocky music, it would have probably elevated the whole episode, really. <laughs> I'm sure that was out of the budget. Another one another one of the strikes I had for I kind of felt like um, Chakotay and Tuvok, they were too quick to poo-poo their 
I literally but, wrote that sentence down. Yep, yeah, they, I they, agree. They, they were like, oh, "Okay, let's let's become pirates like right off the bat." You know, <laughs> you know, it kind of made both of them look kind of bad. Um, but I guess it's just for the narrative, so Janeway could, you know, I got to bring this co-op together. Yeah, in that sense, it made it feel like a kind of a generic, really early on in the series episode because you didn't need the characters to be, uh, you know, fleshed out any at all. Because yeah, that is, that seemed totally off base. Like you have the generic you know, officers who say, no, we need to do this thing. And then of course the hero captain who's saying, no, we stick to our, <clears throat> stick to our morals and all this, you know, I mean, it's just generic. I think there's, I think there's a good idea here and I don't think it's a terrible episode. I just think it's um, pedestrian and, you know, not insightful. And we get to what it's about. It's hard to come up with anything more than, you know, there is no I in team. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> It's feeling a bit like uh, seven seasons was one season too many, which we, you know, I feel like we've said that before. Uh, Next Gen and DS9, for as much as we love both of those series, you know, their seventh seasons were not their strongest. Yeah, I feel constantly like I'm bagging on Voyager. I don't mean to be doing that. I'm. I don't think this is terrible. I just, I just feel like the the baseline has, you know, the bar has been raised and. A fine episode is not good enough. I mean, this probably would have fit better in like season two or something. Sure. Probably would have made a little bit more sense. And I would have been kinder. Yeah. On it. You know. All right. Well, what what is it about? Well, you, you got to start it on that, Brian. I mean, yeah, it's about cooperating to achieve um, a common goal. Um, you know, and then you have Janeway, you know, obviously trying to hold on to her morals as a um, Starfleet officer and captain and keeping her to crew together under that wing. Um, I just don't think they do a very good um, job honing in on that. I mean, I think Steve, Steve was correct when he was saying, you know, I think they tried to do too many things in this episode. I mean, you know, you had, like you said, you had the, the creatures, the musical creatures, which is, it's kind of cool, but I mean, you know, but I mean, the their purpose there was kind of confusing and then it was kind of contrived at the end, you know, what they did, you know, just kind of, I don't know what they were doing there. Maybe they could have cut th- those guys out and dealt more with, you know, um, with cooperation and working with people and, you know, holding on to your morals. It was kind of just there on the top. What did you think, Steve? There's no I in team. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, it's, yeah, I, I agree with those points. I mean, they, it's, it's kind of on the nose. I mean, we, we know what they're trying to say. They're trying to talk about these cooperation and making a you know everyone gets along and stick to your morals and everything will work out which is sometimes true sometimes not but yeah it's it's just not particularly um there's nothing there's no they don't really tell it in an interesting fashion so yeah it's it's there it's fine it has maybe kind of has a little something to say but it's pretty pretty generic pretty pedestrian as you guys were saying so not enough jokes about the idea that the show was lacking something (laughs) Like it had a big empty space in the middle. It'd be funny. It's constantly throughout. They're all just talking about <laughs> something is just missing here. I don't, you know, the whole way. <laughs> I also had a thought, like, sometimes you can just change one letter and it can, you know, transform the episode. If you swapped the V for an N, then I have like this image of like, a they get trapped on some 80s pizza planet yeah i think that was still around when around this time because i i remember vaguely making jokes about that 
watching this. So I think <laughs> we must have still been on our collective conscious back then, you know, consciousness. Uh-huh. Oh, I don't I definitely want to see the um, seven cooking show where she's yelling, you know, the kitchen, Hell's Kitchen. <laughs> yeah, she was kind of doing it before everybody else, you know, right? The tease, yeah, that was in the tease, which was fun. I liked, I did like the tease. That was enjoyable. Complainers will be assimilated. No salt for you. I liked. Uh, I chuckled whenever the, the doctor and Phantom were doing their little beepy communication, and Phantom does some beep, and then the doctor laughs. Ha <laughs> 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 He can do no wrong. All right, so. You know, a fine, a fine episode, a fine, a solid episode. You know, not a great episode, not terrible, just fine. The void. Let's do six degrees for the void. Adam. Yes. Jonathan Delarco, you had to see this coming. Plays Phantom, the void's resident that can speak musically with a pad. Name the Borg that he played in Next Gen's episodes I Borg and Descent Part Two. Oh my god. Uh, blanking. Um, give me a second. Um, Hugh. Yes, Hugh. sir. Hugh. Uh, Steve, he later reprised this role in what Star Trek series? Star Trek Picard. Easiest question I've ever asked. <laughs> one to one, moving on. Workforce, parts one and two, season seven, episodes 16 and 17, production codes 262 and 263. Original air dates, February 21st and 28th, 2001. Directed by Alan Croker and Roxanne Dawson. Story by Kenneth Biller and Brian Fuller. Teleplay by Kenneth Biller and Michael Taylor. Music composed by Dennis McCarthy. Guest cast include James Reed as Jaffin, Don Most as Caden, John Aniston as Corrin Ambassador, Iona Morris as Umai, Tom Virtue as Supervisor, Michael Behrens as Coyote, Robert Joy as Inspector Yared, Jay Harrington as Dr. Ravick, David Keith Anderson as Instant Ashmore, Akami Royer as MedTech, Matthew Williamson as Security Officer, Robert Ramana as Guard, Damar Riley as Alien Surgeon, and Joseph Will as Security Officer. <laughs> On an alien planet, Catherine Janeway happily shows up for her first day of work at an energy plant. Eager to take up her new position, with none of the other Voyager crew members present or visible, and it appears Voyager has abandoned its attempts to return to the Alpha Quadrant and Earth. Soon after, Janeway runs afoul with the stern efficiency officer, Annika Hansen. Tuvok, a fellow employee, approaches Janeway in an apparent confusion, though neither Janeway, Tuvok, or Seven recognize one another. Meanwhile, Chakotay, Neelix, and Kim return to Voyager from a short mission away to find the ship empty and the emergency command hologram is in command, attempting to make repairs on the damaged ship while contending with a damaged and uncooperative computer system. Well, Janeway, I'm impressed. Thank you, sir. Now, if you could just manage to report to your shift on time. I'm sorry, I boarded the wrong transport. I ended up at the atmosphere filtration facility. They're always looking for skilled workers. I'm surprised they didn't offer you a job. I promise I won't be late again. I have often pointed out whenever there's like a line, maybe a question, and then the response that I expect to hear is not what I hear. I know I did that recently. Um, for another episode, and I had that same experience in this episode. And it was, Jaffin says to Janeway, why are you risking everything we have? And what I thought she was going to say is, because this is a two-parter. <laughs> <laughs> but she does not say that. That she ratted 
Chakotay out and he got shot in the belly. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm getting at, actually, is that's the funny thing about that's what makes the right? That's what makes this episode a two parter. They could have very this could have very easily been a single episode. Uh you just don't have Chakotay get captured. <laughs> right? Right. Um instead of selling him out, she doesn't. And now it's a single episode. It doesn't feel bad being a two-parter. There are a couple of scenes where I thought, well, this is nice because I don't think we would have gotten this scene. We definitely would not have gotten this scene in a normal episode. There were a couple of scenes that just had some breathing room. The the one thing I I enjoyed was the the Paris and Torres stuff. Just this idea that they're so great for each other that they found each other even when they weren't each other. Right? (laughs) So I like those scenes and we definitely wouldn't have gotten if we'd gotten those we would have gotten half of one we wouldn't have gotten two full scenes like we got because it was a two-parter so i'm not knocking that it's a two-parter necessarily it might have been better as a single episode but it is what it is so i'll allow myself to enjoy what's there let's see uh, uh steve uh, uh why don't you kick us off on this one so yeah i mean i'm I'm kind. Of, I'm kind of torn on this because I. I think it's. I think conceptually, it, it's got some, you know, big topics that are worth discussing. Sort of, um, in a way, maybe we've seen before. But I think so much of it just feels like. I mean, I. I guess I don't. I just don't feel much in this. Like, like you were kind of alluding to the. The biggest thing I feel is once again uh, Paris and Taurus. You know, just like we. It seems to be the theme here. We're in this kind of the the big part of their relationship where the last several episodes we've had. A uh, number of big, um, you know, episodes focusing on them, and and it feels they're they're so good together. The chemistry is so great, and that whole story with them, and that, and that they do that in this episode is easily the best part of the episode, and I really enjoy that. But that that's where that's where it kind of stops because everything else is kind of like okay, this is fine, but it just feels like a, a standard action adventure romp. You can't get much out of the characters really because you know they're not themselves and you know okay sure Tuvok's kind of coming around then he gets seven to kind of come around but on the most part it's like convincing people they are who they are and then especially you do that with the captain it really makes it weak kind of in a sense that um you know she you know she it's like totally cool that she's fine with this life doing this this kind of job and doing what she does and just going about her day and yet she's also the captain of a starship and, and I, I mean, I, that, that's part of what's going on here. It's part of what they're trying to talk about, I think, is this whole notion of a, a, you know, a destiny and, you know, what's, you know, where am I supposed to end up? And is it necessarily just one place? And am I happiest in that place? That kind of stuff. And that's cool. But I think there, to me, there's kind of a problem when you have the captain be kind of in this position that she sort of, it just sort of feels like a, a weak characterization of her because she's Yeah, I mean, she should have been naturally wanting, like, well, yeah. why wouldn't I be satisfied with this? And, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that, that's, that's kind of my take on it. I mean, I don't, I, I don't, I don't know that it would, it would have to be very different if it was one part. I get it. It's not just that they totally took a one part and made it two parts just to do it, you know? I mean, I, I get that it's uh, big sets and a whole lot of guest actors and all that, and you're spreading the budget out and all that, and it doesn't feel like it's totally a bunch of filler, but... Yeah, it, it it's not it, do, it doesn't do a whole lot for me, I guess. You know what I'm saying? So I did have flashes <laughs> when Torres says that she's looking at that photo. She's back on the on the on Voyager, and she's looking at that photo of her and Tom, and she says, "The waiter from the tavern." 
and I <laughs> and I had an image of of Uhura, Uhura learning how to speak <laughs> again. I, I, honest to God, I wrote the same note. I wrote yeah. that note because it reminds me of that goofiness in there. It's like whatever she was saying yeah. and trying to speak English again in the next episode, she's fine or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Adam, your thoughts there? Um, yeah, I kind of, I liked the Janeway stuff. I liked her being in a relationship. I kind of thought her and the actor that was, you know, her love interest, um, I like the chemistry between them. I like seeing her be more domesticated. I mean, you know, I don't, there's not a whole lot of ways to expand upon, you know, a captain's, um, you know, personal life in any of the series. Um, and especially in Voyager because they're, they're in such a confined, um, you know, ship. So I, I liked that they were able to kind of do this a little bit with Janeway to kind of show in a relationship. And I, I thought the chemistry between them was good. And uh, obviously it's overshadowed by, um, you know, Taurus and Paris because we're more emotionally connected to those guys and they're really great together. But I, I like that. And I, I don't, I don't, there's not a whole lot of ways that they can have Janeway in a relationship. And I, I thought it worked well. I mean, I think the thing about these two episodes is they're kind of, it's, it's two-parter and at times it almost feels like, you know, they could cut a lot of this out of there, but I don't feel like it dragged at any point. Um, just because, you know, you had these interactions between Janeway and, you know, her new love interest, you had all these things with Paris and, and Taurus. Um, and, and the fun parts of the episode for me were obviously the doctor being the, the command, you know, and the things that were going on Voyager, you know, the back and forth between Kim and, and the doctor about who's in command, that kind of thing. Um, I mean, I'm not going to, you know, perch to the moon that this is the greatest two-parter I've ever seen. It's solid, but, you know, there were things in it that I definitely liked, and, um, you know, it's kind of similar to The Void. It's not something that's great and astonishingly you're going to walk away with learning something new about it, but I, I liked what you saw from the characters in the two-parter. If You know, if I have a fundamental kind of complaint about this episode... It would be the same thing that I feel like I've said a lot. The thing that dates Voyager is just this idea that uh, I know I've had rants about this sort of thing before, but you know that they don't they don't take any kind of risks. There's nothing they they never do. I mean, what what's the riskiest, craziest thing that happens in this episode? Janeway gets laid. <laughs> that's it. That's that's them being like, wow, she has this chance in an entire life. She's going to sleep with somebody. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. So if this show was being made today, if they did this episode today, she would have slept with someone from her crew. She would have woken up. We would have had a scene with her next to Chicote or, one, you know, one of the main people or uh, Torres, right? <laughs> Whatever. And that would have been, you know, and now they have to deal with that after they learn, after they start to remember who they really are, you know, that sort of thing. So there's no... And of course, that would have meant continuing to deal with that, the repercussions in future episodes. But we know the next episode after this episode, everybody's hunky-dory. Brian, you're not being fair. Didn't Paris and Janeway have salamanders together? Come on. Oh, have we? We haven't done Threshold yet, have we? Is that later this season? It feels like we haven't done it. No, that was way mm -hmm. back when, you know. <laughs> we did it, and I just already blocked it out of my mind. Yeah, you've already blocked you it out. Yeah, they, they had salamanders. Nice. Nice. All right. right. They, they've already had their salamander. Kit. It's true. It would have completed a nice love triangle, you know, with the uh, Paris and Jane with the salamanders, and then Paris and Jane in the workforce, and been interesting. When I watch an episode like this, and I find myself enjoying it, certain scenes, and I just think, well, I'm enjoying this scene. It's not 
you know, I'm not excited about it the way I am about something that would be great. I just, I just like Star Trek, <laughs> you know, uh, and that's okay. That's okay. But there's a reason that this is only the third time I've seen Voyager. I watched it when it aired. I watched it when the DVDs first came out and we're watching it now and that's it. And it's hard for me to imagine watching, certainly it's hard for me to imagine ever watching the entire series again, unless they were to, you know, go back to the film and give us HD transfers, which I kind of think is never going to happen. It's it's hard for me to imagine ever watching it start to finish again. If I do anything, it might be select episodes, but you know, that's unfortunate. It doesn't, you don't have to, it doesn't have to be, well, it doesn't have any kind of story arc. So I'm not going to watch it. I'm going to watch the original series until I die. I'm going to watch next gen forever. I'm going to watch DS nine harder because of the standard def thing, but I'm, I'm, I'm sure I'm going to watch that show. I think part of it is like, you know, we've discussed this before and, and Voyager and enterprise kind of what they, what they share is that they're kind of on the, the back end of a, of certain, uh, of certain trends. Right. And I mean, you know, you, everything's in a context and it's not all just, just all about the whole, you know, um, episodic television versus a long, long arcs and this kind of thing. It's not only about that, but it is about pushing limits to some extent, you know, and some of, some of that is, is, is the writing and the acting and things that are independent of that. But a lot of it is that, you know, and in Voyager and Enterprise, both, you know, we're still playing it safe because except for certain, certain elements of that, they, um, they were always behind, you know, they were, they were on, they were behind the curve. They were doing things that were still the safe way to go on the most part. You know, I know there was the third season of enterprise. That was one big long thing. The fourth season, several mini arcs, that kind of thing. But on the, you know, and, and it really ties, ties the writer's hands. You know, you can only do so many things, you know, we, we reference DS nine, which, you know, takes place two years prior to Voyager from start to finish more so because they were a little bit ahead of it. Right. They, I mean, they were doing some things that were not commonplace yet. Um, and even, even DS nine, they were holding the writers back constantly. It was yes, a constant yeah. battle. They gave them a little more leeway than some others because the ratings weren't as good and they kind of let them go. Yeah. Yeah. But they were still holding it back. There's a reason, you know, we all love Ron Moore's Battlestar, like, mm-hmm. you know, one of the greatest television shows ever made. And that show, he that show was a direct result of of all the reins that, that had been mm-hmm. placed on him. You know, the the limits he he was kept butting up against when he was writing for DS9 and then ever so briefly for Voyager. That that show was a direct reaction to those late nineties, early two thousand barriers. A silver lining, if you will. Yeah. We got a silver lining out of it. But no, Steve's right. I mean, you know, this is the back end of, of um of these of the Star Trek run. And you know, they're I think in a lot of ways when you listen to interviews or listen to these guys, they're kinda just kinda going through the process of, you know, hey, we gotta fill a quota, we gotta send these out to the to the networks. And you know, you know, we're just we're just kind of just more of a job. Maybe some of it too were these inc- can you imagine could you possibly imagine a TV show today having 24, 25, 26 episodes in a season? What? That's just crazy. I just can't imagine that. Be like, because you you would just constantly just be. I don't care if it's good. Finish the script because we have to shoot. Yeah, <laughs> you know? gotta get, it's got to get out to the affiliates. They want their programming. That, that's crazy to me. I can't believe it was ever like that. Well, I mean, you know, back then there was no Netflix. I mean, you still had 
minimal cable channels. I mean, now you got 800 cable channels on top of all your stream services, Netflix. I mean, HBO is coming out with another one. So, I mean, there's so much, it's, it's almost over. There's almost too, there's too much right now. You can't even keep up with anything um, or new shows. All right. Well, I guess this, this went a different direction. Than I, did it, <laughs> I did kind of generally want to ask it. Do you guys remember watching workforce? the way they play it for a while, it could go either way. You could be watching it and thinking, well, they're, they're undercover. Janeway is undercover. Seven's undercover. I don't know. Or, or is it immediately like, okay, what's going on in their heads? I mean, something's up. I mean, I, I, I'm, I don't know for sure, but I'm pretty sure I, I assumed that they were under some kind of control. Like they had been, you know, it was because Janeway was too happy. Yeah. I think that was it. Yeah. Her hair was under control. I don't know something. Gave well, it away. Well, well, Tuvok laughing out loud—that's even—that'd be even hard for him to do undercover. Right. That that would seem like a stretch. Yeah. Yeah. Certainly that. But yeah, that's the kind of thing that like it's it's there, and then it's like okay, I get it. You know, like once you see something uh, strange and obnoxious, you're kind of like okay, something strange is going on. Move on. But then it just kind of keeps going. You know, that that's the kind of thing. You know, it's like we don't we get it. I like seeing Seven be a little bit of a detective. Yeah, that seemed natural to her character. And what's funny is I remember we barely talked about the whole ECH thing, but I remember at the time that was a lot of fun. I remember thinking like, oh, yeah, the emergency command hologram back in this, you know, and all this kind of stuff. I mean, I don't know really to make of that whole thing. I mean, in a way, Kim's always kind of getting short shrift, you know, in the <laughs> sense that it's like, OK, now we're battling the doctor for command. Of the ship. I don't know. It's that that one. That was the one storyline in these that really felt like, OK, that's that's filler because uh it needs to take up two parts right at first they don't even know where the crew is and they haven't heard from them for all they know they're all dead you know i I, even the doctor and his gigantic ego would not be acting like a petulant child in that scenario i don't think it didn't feel right i mean it just felt like filler what are these episodes about it's about relationships that transcend even memory loss so we get that with um Paris and Taurus, I guess, might be a stretch, but it's nice, you know, that, you know, their love kind of transcends even them not remembering each other, Um, you know, and I guess it kind of comes down to relationships and remembering what you have. This is kind of a stretch, you know, they all start to kind of remember like, oh, this is who I am, waking up to who you are. Again, that might be kind of a stretch too. Um, Steve, what do you got? I, th- I think, and we kind of alluded to this early on, but I think that's what would have made this a little more interesting is, you know, one thing that I think that one thing that knocks it down a few notches right from the get go, well, at the, at the end, I, I should say, is that, you know, whoa, would you wish I hadn't have rescued you? And it's like, oh, not for anything or whatever the hell Jamie says. You know, I mean, it's like, uh, okay, great. Of course she says that. She has to say that. But wouldn't it be more interesting if it's like, now I was happier there and I wish I would have just stayed in that relationship being a, you know, whatever kind of menial job I have, whatever. But it's, it's like, they have to just reset everything. I I think the notion that, you know, this idea of that we, there's only one proper destiny for us, you know, and everything just aligns to make that happen. uh, You know, okay, maybe, maybe we would be happier doing something else entirely, you know, maybe we, you know, we get kind of, you know, put in a certain direction and that's the way we go. And it's so much is out of our control and this kind of thing, but they barely touch on that. You know, I think there might be a little bit of that, that they're trying to talk about this idea that, um, you know, there's alternate lives, but we, but, but see, that's the thing is they, they're in the middle of the road here. You know, you have, 
they don't go down that direction because it's too dangerous to talk about. Maybe I'd rather be doing something else than what I'm doing on the ship. But they also um, make, as I alluded to before, they make Janeway kind of seem like a just kind of along for the ride. You know, she's it just she's not she doesn't seem like she even cares if she goes back to the ship at any point, and she has no natural tendency to, and that kind of weakens the character a little bit. So it's kind of like this right down the middle thing, you know. So. You know, anyway, I don't, I don't know. I think it's I think it's just trying to tell this big story, but there's not there isn't a whole lot of focus as to what the, the message is. I tell you what would have been cool. Chakotay says, Janeway, would you rather we had left you there or whatever? And then she says, not for a second. And then the, the camera like whip pans over and Jaffin is standing there like with this bag. And he's like, I'm still here. <laughs> 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 it's like we didn't beam you away yet you know it's like are you still here what are you still doing here done with you but i, I, I agree oh with yeah you. and then jane could have said who are you again yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but hey steve i agree with you i mean may, if they would have played that a little bit differently at the end maybe jane just kind of gives a little bit more of a hesitation a pause uh-huh. it would instead of her just going yeah not for a second. It's kind of like, really? I mean, you you just kind of had a nice tender moment with this guy a couple minutes ago, and now you're like, I'm, let's get the hell out of here. Yeah, yeah. Well, if the epi- if the rest of the episode had been episodes had been like we're saying, we think they should have been, as far as it should have been her natural instinct to lead and been fighting this, you know, menial labor job, like it would have been against her, her, you know, who she is instinctively. Then at the end, for her to say, not for a second. That would have all been that would have all worked and been in keeping, but it's it it doesn't fit with what right. else happened. You right. know, it doesn't right. well, that's not who you were five minutes ago. Yeah. You know. You think this episode would have just been better if it was centered on her, kind of more like um, you know, what happened with Picard and or yeah, I think they did they do did they do this with Kirk in the original series when he's in the primitive place? I love that the Native American ep- yeah. episode. Yeah. I love yeah, that. So, <laughs> I, really love that. I know everybody hates that episode, but I still but you think know what, about that episode. But you know what I'm talking about. Something along more along the lines. Rock. Um, yeah, I think if it had been uh, a single episode and not a two-parter, that's what it would have we mm-hmm. would have had, and then it probably would have been better. Right. Just focusing on Janeway and this other, you know, this love interest that she had, and them building the life together, and then she gets pulled away from it. Would have been more interesting. <laughs> uh, just come now. Now I'm picturing him saying. I'm I'm still here. <laughs> <laughs> he just kind of like wants to uh, escape, like one to beam down, please, or whatever you say. <laughs> <laughs> Not for a second. All right. Let's do six degrees for workforce. Steve, are you going first or second? I'll go first. Iona Morris plays Umali, the owner of the bar that makes the unfortunate mistake of hiring Tom Paris. Why was that? I don't know. Uh, in the original series, first season, she played an only and not a grup. Name the episode. Oh, really? That's fascinating. Um, yeah, isn't it? Okay. That's um, Miri? Yes, sir. Adam, Tom Virtue plays the Quarren supervisor that is happy to welcome Janeway and Chakotay to their first days of work. In Voyager's first season, in the episode Eye of the Needle, he played Starfleet Officer Lieutenant Walter Baxter. What species does Voyager make contact with through a wormhole in this episode? 
I think it's right near the end we find out. So this is the first season you're talking about the wormhole. Oh yeah. Uh, this... What species do they make first contact with? Not first contact. The Ferengi? No. Steve? Uh, Romulan? Yes, sir. Romulan. Remember that was the one they're communicating the whole time, and then it turns oh, out yeah, it's yeah. The, he's the Romulan, but a Romulan from like whatever. Yeah, yeah, from the past. 40, 50 years earlier. I forget. 100 years. No. They're just like, yeah. 20 to 40, somewhere in there. Yeah. And it was uh, I get, Von Armstrong. I, I got the wrong wormhole episode. Mm hmm. Get your wormhole straight there, Caesar. <laughs> All right, so Steve takes it for the day. Uh, there is really no Star Trek news. I did have one funny thing to, tell, to talk about briefly. I needed a uh, new alarm clock recently, and I got the Echo Dot with the alarm clock built in because it was on a crazy sale. I'm like, well, I'll just try this out. And you can change it from the, the normal lady's name. You can have it respond to computer, which is great, because then you can be like Scotty. But here's the, here's the reason I bring this up. Of course, Amazon knows they, that I've bought a lot of Star Trek crap. And the first thing they suggested when I set it up was uh, not a complication, whatever they call it, their little apps or whatever they call them. I don't forget for the, for the Echoes. Um, uh, it was called. It's called Warp Core, and it's like it's like uh, you know, like a like a sound machine that would have rain sounds or um, ocean sounds, or whatever. But it's it's the Warp Core. It's 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 the background sound on the Enterprise D, and it is so lovely to just have that on all the time in my bedroom. It's so awesome. I love it. It's the geekiest thing ever, but it's so great. Uh, it just doesn't have like bridge sounds and stuff like that. It's the, it's that warp core sound that you hear in every, every, obviously it's louder in engineering, but even on the bridge, you know, just that background hum. It's awesome. It is worth, I'm the, I think I'm going to buy some more echoes dots just to put them around the house and have my whole house be, the Enterprise D. We'll get some of that and like, take it to work when I can go back to work. You know, and it's like yes, crazy. See what's going on here. I guess it is kind of the same sound that we heard on. Um, is it the same? Yeah, it's the same sound on Voyager, isn't it? Yeah, I guess it is. But it was on the D first, so I guess that's where I think of that. But yeah, it's so great. It's so great. And there's no like cycling or anything like that, which is I always have a hard time with digital noisemakers. If they if they if there's a clear pattern or they repeat or they stop for a second to start over, any of that mm -hmm. stuff bothers me. This doesn't have any of those issues. Warp core. So I just say computer, open warp core. When I go to bed, it's great. And that's it. That's the closest thing I got to Star Trek news. You guys got anything? Now, just for that the, that podcast that I sent you guys for Void New po Voyager podcast. Yeah, um, Garrett Wang and uh, Robert Duncan McNeil are going to be doing like a Voyager watch podcast, kind of like the Office Ladies thing. I'm sure that will be fun. That, maybe that's a good excuse to rewatch some Voyager. If you're still ready after you finish it with us, which we are going to be doing in like, what, three? I think we got three more episodes, maybe? I believe, we're gonna be done I believe with Voyager. that's right, yeah. We are thinking about spending the rest of the calendar year talking about the Star Trek movies. Each each podcast episode, we would 
discuss a movie, we'd probably just go in order, starting from the first one, go up through the 11th film, the first JJ movie. I don't think we would do the uh, Into Darkness or Beyond because we've already done those on our podcast when they were originally released. But that's what we're thinking about doing. And so we would end up, we would keep the same schedule and then uh, that would take us pretty much through the end of the year. And then we would decide what to do after that. That's kind of what we're thinking. If you've got any feelings about this, listeners, feel free to send us an email, trekcompanion at gmail.com. You can follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash trekcompanion. Our Twitter handle is at trekcompanion. Thank you so much for spending a half hour with us or a little more. And we hope that you are staying safe and healthy during this nutty time. And uh, we're going to be back in two weeks to discuss the next three episodes of Voyager. So until then, take it easy. Bye, guys. See ya. I passed it.